We can talk about that too. <laughs> There's a whole thing. God damn it. You're going to get me canceled from the social media accounts I don't have. Hello and welcome to Deus Ex Comedian. My name is Ryan Bussell. I'll be your host. I am an American living in Sweden since 2006 and a comic since 2011. On this podcast, I'll be talking to comics who have retired uh, or they're taking a long break or they simply quit the grind and they're happy to perform just a handful of times per year. So what made them slow down or even stop performing altogether? Is there anything about the grind that they miss? Most importantly, without approval from drunk strangers, how instead do they fill that dark hole inside where a soul should be? Let's find out. My guest this week is a former co-owner of the legendary Power Comedy Club and also a runner-up in the Funniest Person in Mid-Sweden contest, Eric Boyerson. Hi. Uh, that's a dick move. <laughs> you know exactly why you want that contest. Uh, I do definitely want to talk to you about that uh, mm-hmm. later on. But before we start, though, I, there's yeah. a story I'm dying to tell you. So uh, I live on the ground floor of this building, my apartment building, uh, as you know. And my neighbors are pretty, it's a pretty small building, and my neighbors are all pretty old. It's pretty quiet here, which is nice. The walls are thick. You can't really hear anything. Yeah. Uh, but last night, 1 o'clock in the morning, I uh, went to go to bed, brushed my teeth in the bathroom, and sound travels to the pipes pretty well. So I could hear what sounded like an argument. Like I sound like I could hear two people fighting. You know, it's like really low. Yeah, you can yeah, like yeah, tell. Yeah. It's like one o'clock yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Was something's going on, but I figured, okay, whatever. We'll yeah. work stuff out. Went to bed, passed out. 4.30 in the morning, the police show up. They smash the glass on the front door to get in. Right. Charge up the stairs. Come down, dragging uh, an old very drunk and very naked 68 year old man down the stairs and i know he's 68 because he was screaming on the way down wake up neighbors look at the scary 68 year old man the police had to come for so they want they want to drag him like to the car outside but they couldn't do that because there's glass everywhere and barefoot he's nude yeah nude barefoot so they have to wait outside my door while they swoop up all the glass and he's just like screaming the entire time and they finally drag him to the car. And I, the only reason I know any of this is because my wife told me this morning when I woke up, I slept <laughs> through it completely. Did not hear a thing. That was a fun thing to wake up to. Well, it would have been more fun to wake up during, I would assume, this hero's journey. <laughs> <laughs> the cops just infringing on his freedom to beat his wife. It's bullshit. If that's what happened. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Thanks for coming out to uh, uh, Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for having me. And there was no glass outside your door. No, they've cleaned up since. But if I didn't hear the story, I would have woken up this morning to find, okay, the front door is all smashed and the glass everywhere. They cleaned up, like, during the morning. I would, have, I would have had no idea at all about any of it. Would you be interested enough to ask around? Or would you just, eh? No, this is Sweden. I wouldn't talk to my neighbors. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Well, they actually tried to break into our apartment building, and I would have loved to have seen that, because the only thing they managed to damage was the paint on the door. Like, nothing was bent, nothing was working weird, just the paint. And they had, it was a large chunk of the door that was all peeled, but it, just 
nothing. And you know, it's a new building, right? Yeah. New, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a security front door. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So, uh, would you, are you now considered a, or would you say you are an ex-comedian? Are you done, done? Well, it's like they say, uh, a comic is a state of being. No, I'm just uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Yes. Yes. I would say, well, I don't know if I've like formally quit, uh, cause the decision was kind of made for me, uh, we can talk about that later, but let's flip it around. I would absolutely not call myself a comic. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I would call myself an ex-comic. Uh, do you get the distinction? I do, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, but probably okay. not a comic, but not an ex-comic. But compared to how you were, though, you were certainly... Oh, hell yeah. 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 <laughs> You've left the grind. Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, but I mean, I had uh, I had one foot out the door already uh, a year back when when the big the big C hit. Uh, so I had one foot out the door, uh, and then COVID hit, and there were no gigs really, and now I'm having a kid, and I'm locked at home, so. It's been very easy to just stop. Right. So that's probably what I've done. And do you miss it? E <laughs> eh, I miss parts of it. Like, what I really miss is thinking about something that I think is funny. Like, I, there is something funny in here. And then walking on stage and having it work. I miss that little journey. Right. Uh, so I miss performing, kinda. I don't miss being nervous about performing. I don't miss waiting to perform. I don't miss sitting around after I've performed. But the, just those five, 10, 15 minutes, I kinda miss those if they went well. I don't miss bombing. <laughs> yeah um it's it's a thorny question i would say i don't know like parts of it part of me is just hugely relieved that i don't have to think about it anymore okay uh i can play a lot more video games now and i guess so you don't think about them or did you think of do you think of new jokes now or well that's also i don't know if you can relate but i don't know if i could have done a stand-up in the last year due to COVID because I, I have no, there's no information going into my brain. I don't like my writing process was very much talk to people and then something took root and it took a couple of days and that turned into a joke later. I don't talk to people anymore. Yeah. So I don't know what I would say. And I refuse to go up and do the same jokes I did a year and a half ago, just because that's that's what I got. Like I'm not gonna do that. No, well, I can I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I spent most of the last year either on my couch or at the gym. Yeah, I'm not really interacting with anyone either. Yeah, that's that's just loads of material just waiting to happen <laughs> on that couch. Like no, uh, 
So, but you, yeah. but you say that you wouldn't, that you could not keep doing the same material over and over. But that's not a problem for many comics who no, have stayed active not. during this time. It is not. Uh, I'll have to start my own podcast and talk to them how they do it because I I don't get it. Like if obviously I had, you see, I had. Technically, still have the jokes, but <laughs> I had I had a bunch of jokes that were like staples that I used for for gigs that were important or whatever. But I didn't recycle material very often. Hmm. I like to think, at least, like I had an opener. I had the hooker bit stayed st stuck around for a long while. Hmm. Uh, but most of the time, I did come up with new things. And that was what was fun to me. Like, if a joke was okay and would have taken a lot of work to get really good, I threw it away and I started something new because that was more fun. So you're absolutely prioritize you prioritize yourself then. You're not thinking of the audience then. Like if you, you know, in other words, like you, you know you you know you have jokes that yeah. work, and oh. you're gonna do it. You're gonna do a, a, a gig. If you're thinking of the audience, then you should be sticking with the stuff you know works. Uh, depends on the gig, and also I like to think like this is a question for others to really answer. But I like to think that I was better with worse material if I liked that material. Hmm. Uh, I had a tendency to fall into the let's say the thing again exactly the same way we've done a hundred times already. And it sounds robotic, and that's not fun. But if it's more in the moment, let's make this awful joke work, I was better. Which made it a better show for the audience as well, I think. Yeah, I think the, I think the audience is smart enough. You can kind of tell when someone says yeah. a joke they don't really believe in anymore. Yeah, exactly. You, you lose that way for sure. Yeah. So... It's a, it's a yes and no, because uh, I think you're a bit the same. Like, even if you're happy with your own execution, if the audience didn't have a good time, it wasn't a good gig. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but caring about the audience, absolutely. But they're the measuring stick more than they are the recipient of my stand-up. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's all baked in into a huge thorny ball of like why why do we do this like it's not just one reason it's not it's fun to do comedy it's a whole host of things and yeah I think I need to pay you to unpack that because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it's a therapy session. Well, I know in the beginning, like when I first when I first started. Uh, and, and initially, I was really thinking about like I've got to make the audience laugh. Yeah. And then after a few months, my first few months, uh, I, I I managed to do that. Yeah. And then 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 it just became all about myself. And then I just I just want to do what I want to do, and it didn't matter if they liked it me or not. And I said, I believe it at the time, I don't care what they think. Like I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not here for them. They're here for me. Uh, and then, then I bombed badly, the, like really badly the first time. And I thought, oh, you know what, actually, I do care. I care a lot. <laughs> so it's on there. Yeah. Uh, so we, but 
the weird thing is like the audience is really it's a thing it's not people anymore it's a thing it's a measuring tool and it's something that you try to play and have them react the way you want want to react uh, like sometimes I had jokes where they laughed at the wrong place and that bothered me for weeks. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't get it. Why was this bit funny? This was the setup. Like this wasn't supposed to be the good bit, but they, that worked way better. And then try and figure that out. So it's a very, it's a very intro, introspective art form. I'm, I'm, I think I know how you how you'll answer this question, but uh, a, a lot of comics talk about. Uh, when they get that laugh, they get that first laugh, and they start off in comedy, and then they get, they get that laugh, and that's like heroin. It's like they have to keep chasing that, that laugh. That, that, that laugh is so important, they have to keep going for it. Did you feel, have you felt the same way? Well, I didn't really get laughs uh, in the beginning. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, no, I absolutely, I can, I can absolutely relate to that. Uh, but it wasn't why I kept going. I, I wasn't chasing the dragon that way. Uh, for me, it was a lot of, I want to be able to predict how this is going to land. Like I want to, I want to construct this, this little, this little joke and nine times out of 10, the audience is going to react in the way I have predicted they will react. That was the fun part for me, like mm. constructing this journey, the, the roller coaster whatever <laughs> that's a huge pet peeve of mine i hate when people use the word journey to yeah. describe anything that's not actually a journey yeah yeah that's, that's why, that's why I, can't, I can't watch like idol or <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a second language yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> that's fine it's okay it's my own my own pet peeve but, but i do understand clearly what you, what you mean like mm. for me it was never about chasing the laugh it was always about thinking of the set and just imagining like okay like if they're gonna laugh here they're gonna listen here uh, they're gonna like groan here. Yeah. They're gonna applaud there. Yeah. And then I go do the set, and they do exactly. It goes exactly yeah. as I planned, and that's when I felt the best. Like okay, yeah. Now I got exactly. Yeah, nailed it. For, yeah. Uh, but I also I like to improvise more than you do. I think. Uh, and that was another like fun thing when you hit that zone, where like you're riffing and it's working, and sometimes rarely you hit a point where you can do no wrong. And that feeling is, that's heroin. That's, that's a good feeling. Yeah. I can imagine. I, I, yeah, it's true. I don't, I've never really done improv yeah. or riff. I have like absolutely changed sets. Like if I had go into a set thinking, okay, I'm going to do this material and then realize, okay, this is not going to work or, or I should try to do something else and I'll switch it on the fly. Yeah. But still they are very much like songs. It's like Lego. Uh, yeah, you that's good. Yeah, stick it together in various configurations, and I think everyone does that who has done it at least for more than a year. Uh, and have, you would, have some you would hope so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was actually thinking about the point you made earlier because uh, this this podcast will be very much focused on people who've actually left, yeah, and don't don't grind anymore. But I think mm. now and then maybe I'll have like an anti-ex-comic and actually get someone in who is like just has not stopped performing ever yeah. and just the just contrast. to see like yeah because yeah. I know you and I are both very snobbish about, about comedy and I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> but I take offense but like personally but I really grapple with that like yes. it's like it's like um, 
like it's like pop country. Like I my 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 music taste is really broad. I like, yeah. like a lot of different things, but pop country. I really cannot stand pop country at all. And my mother and my sister fell in love with that years ago, and I used just to give them a ton of shit for liking that music. Yeah. And but after a while, it's like it's still po- it's pop country. It's still popular. It's still yeah. a lot of people like it, and let them like it. Yeah. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons I started thinking about quitting because I didn't like who I became a bit like stand-up has been very positive like it's a net positive for me as a human Uh, I was a shy awkward weirdo before I started Uh, I'm still that but I can hide it uh, better, I was like wondering, I, I was wondering what yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I can socially pretend better than I could before. Uh, I can, like, just writing emails. I'm better at doing that, like making things more interesting and getting to the point, cutting fat from a conversation. Hmm. I, I credit that to comedy. So a uh, huge amount of positive things have come out of me doing comedy but there i was a worse person by the end than i probably was in the beginning because i was i was snobbish i still am snobbish but i doesn't come out as much (laughs) because i'm not exposed to those situations as much uh jealous lots of jealousy Hmm. people i perceive to be worse than me having better opportunities or doing better like just a set like being jealous about that i was like and cutting that out has also been a pretty good feeling that's good yeah all right i talked about that before about that the, the jealousy phase yeah. I, I think I think all comics go through or most comics go through similar phases but you get to a point when yeah like you said like, like in the beginning you're just like oh my god I can't believe I'm doing this yeah and then after a while it's like fuck that guy I don't know if I'm funnier than them like yeah. what am I thinking yeah. like, and it feels like you can choose one or, one or two paths to either stay in that bitter angry jealous <sighs> mode or you kind of like just like oh, whatever it's, it's, yeah. it's fine uh, you know, yeah. I chose a third road just get off the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, I struggled with that a lot I like to think that like there's a bunch of comics that I find really funny and that I enjoy and I never felt bad about them doing better than me or getting opportunities that I didn't get or anything but it's these these specific ones that I thought were shit and they've just they're gonna get me canceled from the social media accounts I don't have. That is another positive with quitting. I have managed to just wean off all social media, and I am doing much better now than I was was before. Yeah, that's the thing. Now, at the at the start of twenty twenty, yeah. Also before COVID, I also took a step back. Yeah. Well. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break for a little while, uh, and I really just went off like kind of glanced at social media. Now, mm-hmm. maybe before, like even a couple of years ago. I go on Facebook and just scroll, scroll, scroll. Like yeah. I wasn't like even reading anything. I was yeah. just, but I saw the sea. Like it was like white. Like that's how white noise looks. Yeah. I just like Ooh. okay. I just, like, Ooh. And at the start of last year, it was just like okay, I'll pop on. Is there anything happening? Not really. I'll like scroll like a half a page. And I was like okay, and yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And 
I've stayed in that mode. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I go, I pop on now and then I'll, I'll, I'll make it some random post or I'll make a joke or something. And that's really, it's, yeah. it is nice. It's like, it's like poison for a brain. Like, I rarely had positive feelings, like, after logging off my social media accounts. It was always like, either I found a news article that pissed me off, or someone <laughs> who was shit at stand-up had a huge opportunity and I was pissed, or someone made a very unfunny joke and my snob, my inner <laughs> snob was offended, like, it was never positive. So, I stepped away from that, and that feels great. And I couldn't do that if I was still doing comedy, because you are ex expected to, like, self-promote and... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I was actually talking to a mutual friend. Uh, yeah. And then she's like, she's not a comic, or she is, but she also does other things. Anyway, uh, she has to be active in social media. Yeah. Uh, but she's going through exactly the same thing, just not in comedy, but like, she sees opportunities that other people get, and yeah. it's just wearing her down. I like remind her, like, everyone just posts, like, the best version of their life yeah. also. And not, not like people really, unless unless it's like a feeling sad, like, oh, like, like it's give, give me attention in yeah. the post. It's, it's still this, like, I'm doing so amazing. Mm. So yeah, it, it of course gets you down, and it is it is nice to just let just ignore it. Just yeah, like a... just step away. Uh, yeah. But how long were you? How long were you active? I think like five years or so. Okay. And how did you start? Why did you even want to start? Like, what, what drew you to comedy in the first place? Uh, well, I had decided uh, when I was a teenager that I was a comedic genius. Uh, <laughs> And it was time to show the world uh, what a comedic genius I was. Uh, and then I started performing and realized that I am not a genius, in fact. And I got hooked. Like, things didn't work as I thought they would. Uh, and that interested me. So I kept going. And your first gig ever was at a club that, that, I, that I was running. Yes. So, uh, so a mutual friend of comic actually contacted me and said, uh, "Oh, I know this guy. Like, he uh, worked with him, and he'd like to uh, like do a gig at your, at your club." Yeah. And I said, "Sure." And he performed, and I have zero memory of any of that. I just, yeah. I just, I just know the story, but <laughs> I don't have any memory of that whatsoever. And I'm actually contacting me. I don't remember you being in my club or the I'm first time. Actually, really happy you don't remember it. That means it wasn't <laughs> that bad. <laughs> It's really personal. I don't I just no, yeah, just no. But I was I was a white dude in his mid twenties doing stand up comedy. Like what? There was nothing interesting about what I was doing. Uh, so yeah, it makes sense that you don't remember that. I do. I remember that That's first right. gig. But the the thing the thing is though the reason you really came on my radar was because the fact that I would see you. So yeah. I, I'd go to a club when I was I was booked. And I'd see you and, and the fellow rookie, yeah. Sir Patrick. Yeah. And you would be at the club trying to get stage time yep. and usually not getting it. Nope. And you would stay for the show anyway, actually watch, and you would be back the week after. And I loved that because I was like, see, that's, yeah. that's what's, that would like remind me, of, that's how, oh, that's how it was back in the day. Like, that, that's how yeah. Thomas got stage time. And actually, it's the grind of like harassing club owners and actually, so I, I really, I, I appreciate that you were out there. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of fun in that year or so I did that it was it was a ton of fun couldn't do it again now uh, responsibilities and the ability to get hangovers which I didn't have back then <laughs> but 
yeah, it was a ton of fun. And I'm happy I did it. And then one day you messaged me out of the blue and invited me for a beer. Yeah, I needed comic friends. Which is still, to this, I've been here, I've been in this country for 15 years, and you're the first and only person that ever actually asked me out for a beer. Yeah, well. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an awkward weirdo. Like, hi, want to be friends, Ryan? <laughs> No, I give Swedes a hard time, but I I, I, I can't judge. I, I, I don't think I've ever written someone I barely know and said, hey, you want to hang out? Yeah, but I've, I also, I'm not from Stockholm. Uh, so I had like two or three friends here. And you can't drink weekly with only two or three <laughs> friends. Uh, so I need to branch out. Uh, I've tried with a lot of people. You are not my first friend. I'm very sorry. That's okay. <laughs> you I, were one, I like a man with experience. So one, okay. one of the more long-lasting ones. But, uh, but yeah, I've done that a bunch of times. And for you listeners, viewers, uh, if you need a friend, ask people. <laughs> we appreciate that. We do. I want to talk to you about the contest. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's actually two things that bother me about that that night All right. to this day. Uh, so for the listeners, a little backstory... Uh, so Eric and I went on a road trip to this club out in the Midwest of, uh, of Sweden uh, to take part in a comedy contest. Uh, it was a semi-final. There's going to be one winner each night, and then there'll, eventually there'll be a final to decide the funniest person in, in mid-Sweden. And uh, I don't think you care about the competition. I certainly didn't. I don't like comedy contests, uh, but if there is a contest, I want to win that contest. Okay. I mean, I really didn't, I didn't really care. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to lose, of course. Yeah. But for me, it was. I just want to go perform. Uh, yes, so. that was the primary. Like, I'm not mad about not winning that contest. But if it is a contest, obviously, I want to win. And that's the first thing that yeah. I feel bad about is uh, I did win that night. Yes, you did. And also, that was for you. That was one of the, one of, if not the best set I've seen you do. Like, you were really, really good. I had a really good set. Yes. And I also had a good set, but I don't know for sure that I had a better set. Well, that is one of the reasons I don't like comedy contests. Like, there are so many variables. Uh, and the the two comics, I, I was third on the lineup, I think. Uh, I was pretty early, but you were last, I think. Really? That was the other way around. No, I was, I was oh, first. Okay. Uh, so the two, two comics that went before me, they had a rough time. Uh, they had a really rough time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I didn't have a warm room when I when I walked on. Uh, but I turned it. I had a really good set. And you had a warm room. And that's sometimes all it takes. And also you were you were last, so you were fresh in their memory. Like, and, and, also, a, and also speaking English. The only English speaker. I believe yeah. I was the only English speaker yes. on night. So it stands out that way, too. So, so I feel I feel kind of bad. No, you because shouldn't. Because you shouldn't. You had a I, really I know, good but, set. But I know how it sounds too. Like, well, if I wasn't there, you would have won. Uh, yeah, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing. The other thing is, uh, so there were four of us. So, the, so the audience voted uh, for who was the best tonight. So at the end of the show, while we waited for the audience to put their votes in, uh, four of us that were in the contest sat at a table waiting for the results. And three of the four of us had a very long and loud conversation that went sort of along the lines of, hey man, you had a great set. I think you're going to win. 
No, man, you had a great set. I think you're going to win. Yep. No, man, I think you had a great set. I think you're yeah. going to win. Yeah. While the fourth person was not part of the conversation, still at the table, and was not saying anything to us, and we weren't saying anything to him. And nope. Yeah, uh, so it, it bugged me then. Uh, I, think I, re- I think I realized it was going on a little too late. Uh, it bugged me then. It still bugs me now. So it's kind of tricky. Yeah, uh, but he's, he's a quiet dude off stage as well. So, and he was sitting like not at our table. He was at the table next to us with sure. with some people. Uh, so he wasn't really in the same conversation. Like he had a side conversation, and this is another pet peeve of mine. I don't think like this may be a lie, but I don't think it is. I never told anyone they had a good set when they didn't. And yeah, I also had, try. Yeah, he did not. He did not have a good set. He was one of the two before me. That was a cold fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've always really tried to avoid that. Uh, yeah. Telling people they had a good set when they, they didn't. And there, yeah. there's been many times when I saw a comic come off stage with just that, all that yeah. energy and they're, they're looking for they're looking for the approval. Like, uh, it was really good, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pet peeve. I can see. Of mine. I can see why you thought so. Yeah. Uh, pet peeve of mine, uh, and I think necessary if you do stand up that you you're aware, self aware enough to know when you ate shit. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I, I know I, I get like a, like on this day memories on Facebook. Yeah, and I'll be a post from like. Ten years ago, when I first when I first started, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh my, I killed tonight. It's like, no, I'm sure I didn't. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, like no one yawned during my set. Yeah, yeah, a bit like that. Man, at the same time, like now that we're talking about comedy, it, it, yeah, it tickles my insides yeah. a bit. Uh, but like, I was I was at the stage, I think, where I. I I rarely bombed anymore. Uh, even more rare that I killed, but I was pretty consistent and I was pretty, pretty all right. But I hadn't developed really, I feel like, for some time, even though I performed quite a lot. We were running our club and stuff like that. So I hit, I hit, I felt like I hit a wall and that was also hard to deal with. Is this it? Is this as good as I'm gonna get? And I tapped out. Hmm. And, and he absolutely would not host. So for anyone who doesn't know, so yeah. as Eric and I and one of the comic uh, ran a club together for yeah. for a couple of years, as mostly a positive experience. Hmm. But do you, do you feel like ton of fun? But do you feel like did it wear? If, if you, well, what I'm trying to ask is if you if you weren't running club. The, the last few years yes do you think that would have affected you one way or the other I don't know I've thought about it I don't know I think at that stage where I was I needed that home court like this place where I could always perform uh, but at the same time it I didn't have this every gig matters uh, so let's try let's try our hardest and do our best I didn't have that anymore because mm. I got a little lazy and which is probably why I hit that wall so I I don't know
it's hard to A-B test this as well. Like I can't <laughs> jump to the alternate timeline. Well, I, I can imagine one thing it must have had, it must have had an effect on you because uh, you were pretty much always the DJ yes. uh, at the club, uh, which meant you were stuck at the DJ booth oh, yeah. and had no escape really for the entire show. So you were usually the ones the comics were looking at while they were on stage. And, you know, we had a lot of, some of my favorite people came through that club. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were not that very good, though, either. Uh, the, the more they ate shit, the more intense the eye contact they had with me. <laughs> I had to watch them die inside. <laughs> Just eye contact. Uh, yeah, I was, I was rough. <laughs> but, uh, and it increased my snobbishness. Because sometimes, like, we had the marathon, like, 400 comics, one after the other. Uh, by the end, most of them, white dudes, late 20s, same, same jokes. Like, not a lot changed in between. Uh, and the room would be deader and deader, and then someone walked on and turned it around. Hmm. And that increased my snobbishness. I was like, that's a comic. You... Eh. Eh. <laughs> you you play. That's that's fine. We all start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't like that it did that to me. Uh, and that probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't run a club. I get that for sure. Yeah. I mean, don't we all try and fight the douchebag inside? <laughs> <laughs> Is that not life? I don't know. That's again one of the motivations for me to do this podcast in the first place is because I I, I, mean, I fell in love with comedy when I was eleven years old. Yeah, I started ten years ago, and today I don't feel any less passionate about stamp than I ever did. I do. You do. Yeah. I still I still think I feel the same way, but this is the longest break I've ever I've ever yeah. had, and I don't miss it that much. No, and it's for me it's a bit like like knowing knowing a magic trick. Like it goes away, uh, the 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 amazement and wonder. Uh, like if I watch a stand-up special on Netflix, and it's it's good, but it's not amazing. I know how that sausage gets made. Okay, uh, it's a bit eh. <laughs> like eh, I could have probably have done that if I stuck at it. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm very fascinated because I knew when I when I decided to take a step back, yeah. uh, I didn't perform for for months. But I knew, like even during COVID, there were clubs that stayed open, yeah. and I knew there were certain comics who were there at least one night a week, just consistently. And I knew even from the very beginning, I knew that okay, when I go back to that club after being away for several months, and I see these people I've seen before, they're not going to have one new word like they're not gonna have one new joke i haven't heard before and that's exactly what happened when i finally did go back to the clubs and they're just doing it's, it's the thing is it's not just that it's the same jokes it's, it's the, the same, same cadence it's, 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 it's exactly, exactly the same, the same, it's the same gestures it's everything you may think that's supposed to be spontaneous and it's just like obviously written down it just everything's exactly the same and i and i don't want to judge them for it because they, they clearly love doing it but I don't know. I get that. I get that. I get that conflict. I, sh I should just let them do it. At the same time, I just wonder why. My, my inner snob goes wild uh, at that, 
and I, I, I get like genuinely upset. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You have five minutes once a week and this is it. Uh, and I get mad, but I have a rage problem, so. But at the same time, they could be going through exactly what we're doing, which is yeah. like, there's just nothing really happening. Yeah. There's nothing happening. Life is just yeah, but I, I, still. I mean, I, I get it. No inspiration. To, to be clear, the problem here is me, not them. Like they should do what they're doing. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe I shouldn't be in stand up because I'm a dick. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but it's a weird world you meet a lot of weird people most of them are too weird <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we're all misfits yes, yes I, mean, I, mean, I mean we're going on stage looking for approval from drunk strangers so, yes. so it's clearly something's wrong with all of us I now that you're not performing, do you miss uh, hanging out after a gig? Uh, not especially. Yeah. That's, but that's more, I think for me, that's more of the, I, I miss locations to hang out. Like there are, yeah. there are certain clubs that were just a lot of fun to hang out at. And that doesn't, and they like ceased operation a long time ago. Mm. I, I don't want to look back in the past and I think, oh, things were so much better before. But in some cases, there were things that were yeah, better before. Was better before. <laughs> so I'm like, there, there's certainly people, there's certainly specific people I miss yeah. uh, hanging out with. But just like in general, do I miss hanging out at a club? I would say no. I, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, it's the same for me. I thought I would miss it a lot more than I do. I miss I miss specific people, just as you. Uh, that without the the social glue of stand up, that I I don't talk to them. But just the general hanging out, no, don't miss it at all. Actually, there's a weird like one upping always going on when com comics hang out. It's like I don't need to listen to your bit. Which is clearly a bit yeah. you're doing, but disguises conversation. I don't miss that having that happen. Yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah, the word the sad thing for me about uh, about power, so the, the, so our club, yeah, uh, was that actually, especially when it was at uh, the first location. So we were in two different locations. And I, I do find looking back, I kind of I really miss the first room much more than the second room. Same. It was a better room. Uh, yeah, the, we the, had the better location. nights. At the new place, uh, more people, and but the room was a lot better at the first place. Yeah, I just yeah, it really felt like home. Yeah, so, so I missed that room, and I, I was really happy that it became like a really cool place to hang out for other comics. Like they yeah. really enjoyed hanging out before the show, hanging out there during the show, wherever they were in the room or outside the room, but just they just enjoyed hanging. So I was really like that, but I rarely took part in the hang. Yeah, and for me. It all it screwed a bit with like my my social anxiety. I don't really have social anxiety, but sometimes some some aspect of it pops up, and not knowing if people were genuinely if they genuinely wanted to talk to me, or if they did because I was one of the club runners hmm. at a club where everyone gets to perform. So why would they? But that fucked with my head a lot. 
Like, I don't know what they, these people actually like me. And I, I couldn't really take that. So I went home <laughs> most of the time. I had that happen. I was the, uh, it was a road gig. Yeah. Uh, so by train. So I was at this club and there were two rookies uh, who live in Uppsala, which is like one train yeah. station north of where I live now. Uh, and this is down towards the south. So after, after the show was over and we were talking there, they went, they went, pick my, pick my brain. They knew who I was. Uh, they knew that I had the club. Uh, so we're talking about comedy and they're both brand new, brand new. Yeah. Both themselves. So we're on the train home, same train, talking. And I, I made, I forget, I don't know what joke it was. I, I made just some, some joke. And the two of them laughed way too hard. Like I realized, like I could see, oh, like yeah. as they're laughing, like, oh, no. Uh, yes, you're not thoroughly. Oh, I would go home and cut myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I was I was never a player in the Stockholm stand-up scene, but I had like similar things happen, and it just felt I felt dirty after they happened. I didn't like it. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you meet you meet some some genuinely amazing people as well, interesting people. But most are like me and I'm not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, pretty socially awkward, obviously awkward yeah. myself. Well, I'm curious though, you said uh, you feel like the jealousy of comics you yeah. think are not as good as you, but they get yes. better opportunities than you. Have you had much ambition in stamp? Like, would you, in other words, like, there have been the opportunities that you didn't, were you seeking those opportunities? <sighs> So this is now we're in the territory of my own neuroses. Uh, obviously, I had ambitions. Yes, I, I wanted to make a living. I wanted to be a household name. I wanted to go on tour all over. Hmm. Yes, obviously, I wanted to. Did I do anything to make that happen? God, no. Because if you try and you fail, then you fail. But if you don't try, it, the world is unjust. Okay. So, yeah, I had that happen a lot. Like, we talked about self-promoting. Uh, I didn't fucking self-promote. No. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, I didn't make it. Because I didn't work too hard, and I wouldn't play the game. Uh, and, I mean, us running the club, and we had the whole the touring concept that we were spitballing, and we did a few few shows like on the road I figured that could be a way to bypass playing the game a little but I didn't really I didn't apply myself hmm. uh, but yeah obviously I wanted to be the guy I wanted to be Bill Burr Dave Chappelle Eric Bermondorsen well you say you say that obviously but like I never had I've never had much ambition yeah okay Really, like, it, of course, it would be, be nice. I'd, I'd, I'd love for that to happen. Yeah, and it was the, never, it was never. Go I never, I never went into stamp with a goal in mind. Like, no, I, I, like I didn't. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do these. I'm going to grind through the open mics for a while. Yeah, and then I'm going to get on the radio, and I'm going to get a sitcom. Like, uh, like no, that was never the plan. Uh, I didn't like. No, I didn't have like. I'm, I'm not doing this if I don't become a household name. That wasn't it. But I. <sighs> Okay, so ambition 
versus dreams versus it's difficult but no it wasn't it was never like i'm doing this for a paycheck i did it because i enjoyed stand-up and then like there was hidden underneath all this there was a a wish a drive and amb an ambition to to become really really good at it and take it from there but the trying to get good always superseded like making money or being famous or anything like mm. i i really enjoyed the craft of it that was what i wanted to master hey, you're always really, but you've always been really hard yourself though too like Not again me? Like, yeah no but again again like hosting for example like you like you never wanted to host it didn't but I mean, none, none of the three of us ever wanted to host, really. Uh, no. That that's also, but that's also a weird thing. I was going to touch on that too. Is that normally comics we we start clubs because we want a stage, like we just want yeah. a guaranteed spot. But we weren't like that. We 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 do the just having a club open was enough. Like there were nights, there were nights that like I, I I didn't host and I didn't go on stage. I was just there. And there were lots of nights we didn't host and he didn't do a stage or just DJ. Why the hell do we even do that? Why do we even have a club? I think you know, I think that's twofold. Uh, I think we spoil ourselves a bit. Uh, like we we had this place where we could do whatever the fuck we wanted, uh, and yeah, sometimes you're not feeling it, so you don't. Uh, for me, part of it was also respect of the audience and uh, or for for the audience and for the other comics. Like, I don't need to take up this slot because I don't really want to and I have nothing nothing new hmm. to say. I would go up and I would do the same same bit just because. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was part of why we didn't. But also, I think, at least for me, and I, I think it applies to you as well, like we felt a responsibility for all these comics, these wannabe comics, everyone who came week after week to our pretty shitty club at <laughs> times. And like we wanted to do it for them as well. Hmm. So, yeah. Also, throwing a weird ball of weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> Because those nights when I didn't want to perform uh, anything, I kind of hated being there. And it never ended. I We got home at like 2 in the morning on a, Thursday, <laughs> a Wednesday and a Thursday. Uh, so Fridays, I was a wreck at work. And we worked the same job. Just, all right, I'll be here physically and hope no one talks to me. And I need to do anything because <laughs> I can't. There's nothing left in the tank. That's also something, too, is that... When I first started, it, it took me like about a year to really get going. Yeah. Uh, but by the end of the year, I was doing between five to ten gigs a week. Yeah. I was just always out. And by the end of 2019, like I, I, could, I knew, like okay, I need to at least slow down. Eventually, I would just say I need to take, I have to just take a break completely. Yeah. But even like back in 2018, we had so we had the club two nights a week. I was working at another club. You were there sometimes too. Yeah. Like weekends. Yeah, and then I book like a uh, big band, like a working yeah. club, one Sunday a month. 
and that's much all I was doing, nothing else. Yeah. And even like like the Sunday night, I often I would cancel because I just even that was like too much. But it was out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's like I really don't no. want to go, which is really shitty because I'm. And I, I, I was in a position where I said, Salem, I, I can book myself this club once per month. Yeah. There's a lot of comics who can't book themselves no. there that often. Uh, no, but also you have to you have to do things for you, not because others don't have the opportunity. Like you don't, you can't measure yourself against that. Uh, I, I didn't want to take it for granted. It's, no, it's, but you've kind of earned the right to take it a little bit for granted you have done the legwork you have perfected your craft to a degree where you can book yourself at least once a month and then you can say fuck it and you've earned that i would say uh and the people who can't keep grinding mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do so but back in yeah was that 2018 jesus christ uh my wife pumped the brakes uh, she was like, I see you Monday night. <laughs> yes. So you should be home more. Yeah, you start off by saying someone had told you to slow it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's also, uh, there was, no, there wasn't, but there would have been a point in time if I kept going where I would have had to make a choice like do i stay in a relationship do i keep fairly well-paying jobs or do i just make the right choice join the dark side <laughs> <laughs> do drugs drink too much die in a ditch uh and yeah i never hit that point i think luckily because i tend to self-destruct and i would probably have picked the wrong ones <laughs> and gone for it can you imagine that pain when you do that, like you go, all right, fuck it, quitting my job, breaking up with my significant other, and I'm going for comedy, and you can't make it work. I cannot imagine that. No. I think maybe that's also maybe the benefit of my. I started comedy when I was about thirty, so thirty-four, thirty-five, right. thirty-five, thirty-five. Uh, it was pretty late in life to uh, to start doing comedy. I've never been in a position where I could say. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna give this a shot and just quit no. my job. I have a family. I, I have yeah. responsibilities. There's no way to do that. Yeah, but I think it was probably. I think it was Magnus Butnia. It was like uh, at some point you're gonna have to quit your job to get really good because you need that fear. Uh, otherwise, you won't chase it hard enough. And yeah, obviously he's a huge success and it worked out. So then, fantastic advice. But if you fail, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's, that's just bad. <laughs> and also, we live in Sweden. I mean, it's not like there's a, a massive amount of no. growth opportunity uh, for comedy. There's, it's not like other countries. There's not much going away for the There TV. is no there's... college circuit here, which is like American comics. They're, that's where they grind their teeth. That's where you go when you quit your office job. You do grind the college circuit and make a living and then you hopefully get good enough to get a tv deal or big enough to do actually proper stand-up full-time mm. there that step doesn't really exist here. yeah i mean there's some people who do make a living 
only doing stand up in this country, but but not many. And if you're not on TV, you're for the general public, you're invisible. Yeah. And there's very few comics who actually even get on TV even a little bit. Yeah. There's no there's no wacky neighbor role uh, on Swedish networks. No. Not really. Although comedy is in a weird place now, I would say. Like everyone likes a different thing, and they really hate what another person loves. <laughs> so it's, there's no household. Oh, this is actually kind of okay. There's nothing like that. Yeah, one size fits all. No. Comic, yeah, I mean, really there's no, there's no Seinfeld anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Well, I guess one of my biggest questions for you is. Uh, this is for all all ex comics or yeah. breaking comics or comics who's not performing right now. Is that you, you're you're clearly driven to the stage because you, you want to show this creative side of yourself, or mm -hmm. you, or you want to get the audience reaction. You were you had drive for it, and now you're not doing that. Yeah. Does that mean the need is gone? Absolutely or... not. Okay. I'm I'm looking for some kind of outlet. And I mean, I do full-on sets for my wife at home. <laughs> uh, and now she's now she's gone the other direction, and she's like, "Please leave. I, I don't want to see you one night a week. It's enough." Maybe, maybe we'll get there. Uh, but no, it is absolutely not gone. Uh, but I'm I'm fortunate enough to have a job that I really enjoy now, so that takes. Some of the edge off, even if it's not creative, it's it's a fun outlet. Uh, so I I can kind of let that air out. But no, I'm probably looking for something something creative to do. Like fuck it, fucking trying to learn the harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I I still still need it. Probably not to the same extent. Because I'm happier now than I was when I started stand-up. Uh, so the need... The need for approval that I guess always has been there in some form. That is, if not gone, so dramatically lessened. Hmm. But yeah, I need a creative outlet. Okay, well, good luck yeah. with that. Well, I'll tell you when I find something. <laughs> I can find my mixtape on SoundCloud. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but how about you? How do you how do you feel? Do you get to be creative or are you not really? Well it's again it's just, it's a bit just been a weird year. Yeah. Like I wonder how like I said, I, I, I decided to take a break at the start of twenty twenty. Yeah. And right as I was like feeling like, okay, I'm I'm ready to give this tangibly a shot again was when Corona hit. Yeah. So there weren't many opportunities. I did gig a few times, uh, and I had like I, I remember like I, I didn't perform at all in, in January or February. In March, I hosted uh, two nights, and the first night I just ate complete shit, uh, just so rusty. I, I thought I, I thought I could sleep my way through like I always did, but I was like, no, well. And the next night was much better, so that, that was really good. But then I didn't gig again for months after that. Mm. Um, so I, I did like I, I think I performed maybe five times last year and I guess I, I haven't really missed it very much but at the same time I don't know how it would have felt if I had decided to take a break 
and there was no corona like like if there were still yeah. like 80 clubs open in stockholm and i was just seeing on facebook instagram that's the post but the new show new show new show new show if i would still if i would still feel as like content yeah to not do anything i don't know i'm no, not sure the answer i'm not i really don't know very difficult to know as well like we can't a b test this yeah <laughs> Now that you talked about being rusty, like I can't imagine how my first five sets would be <laughs> if I started now, and I don't know because, but like I said, like I think I was in a place where I, I bombed very rarely, like proper bombed. Obviously, I had poor sets, but proper bombed very rarely. I don't know if I could take. A proper bombing like coming back I would be rough because uh, I really don't miss that the feeling of bombing you know one thing that you would have experienced um, I'm sure I'll have to experience the same thing is that so so one club has stayed open yeah uh, during this entire time and well, I've not been there since November uh, I think maybe it's earlier than that but I've talked to people who have been going there consistently and what i've heard is that there actually is like right now a mini boom in rookies like because there's plenty of spots so there are a lot yeah. of actually a lot of people who write they're right now doing their first gigs which jesus like this is the way they're gonna get their first experience on stage like with a very tiny tiny but okay but now they're starting and they're they're pushing through and they're yeah. going to be going there consistently. So now now like when you go there, if you're going to do a set there, or I'm going to do a set there, I'm going to walk in with all the experience that we have and meet these absolute rookies, and they're going to look at us like, yeah, like, what's who, like, who, like who are you? Like, uh, <laughs> like you're, you're not worth anything yeah. until you actually go up on stage and prove yourself. Yeah, well, I, I like that. Uh, you're only as good as your last set. No, that is not true, but. Uh, I do think stand-up should and is a bit of a meritocracy. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't try to use big words. <laughs> uh, so I, I like that aspect of it. Uh, and personally, I, I kind of don't. Ironically, even though I had this, oh, I want to be famous in a household name. I don't want people to know who I am. I like being the underdog. It would, I've had sets where I haven't really known anyone in the club. Uh, it's been like they know each other because I've taken breaks before and then I come back. It's a rookie heavy night at Big Ben and I go up and I do pretty well. Uh, and they have no, no fucking clue who I am. I like that feeling of yeah. just sneak, sneaking <laughs> in. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but... Yeah, it's a good feeling, isn't it? I I do like it. I was I was talking to someone else, a yeah. mutual friend who had that experience, at uh, least pre COVID. He just yeah. hadn't been uh, at big at Big Ben, just, yeah. uh, for example. He had not been there for a long time. Walked in, got that reaction of just like no one paying a mind or anything, yeah. and he just had like his ego just went, like, yeah, you do not motherfucker don't know who I am. <laughs> but I, that's at the same like I don't I don't have that reaction. I'm almost. I'm almost embarrassed now because because I'm I'm about to celebrate ten years yeah. as as a comic, and I don't really have a whole lot to show for it. Like I'm I mean I'm performing at like one of the top three clubs in in Stockholm on a regular basis, and yeah. there's a lot a lot of comics 
who will give, give their left arm yeah. to be there as often as I am. So, so I, I appreciate that. I've, I've worked and I've, I've gained that. Uh, I've gone tour in Sweden with other comics. I've headlined shows. But I'm still... I'm not a comic... I'm not someone who... I can't get a gig everywhere I want to. There's, no. you know, there's plenty of clubs who are not interested in me. Even like rookie clubs but never ask me yeah. if I want to perform there. Even those motherfuckers. Like I gave, <laughs> I gave them their spots at my club but never contacted me for uh, the whole business comes out. I, mean, I, I, I think it's part, part of that lack of ambition. Like I, I don't have that same... I'm not, there's no goal I'm driving for. No, I, I feel like I feel like I'm exactly where I should be. Yeah. That being said, it is slightly embarrassing if I'm talking to someone like a big band who has done like oh they're gonna do like their fourth gig ever and they're like oh how long have you been doing this oh well ten years ten years I'm, and I'm first and I have five minutes <laughs> so, so just... stick with it and ten years from now you can be <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same place. Oh, I remember. Uh, it's probably one of my top three, top three gigs and experiences. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was at Big Ben, um, and I can't remember if I was booked or if I got a walk-in spot. But anyways, everyone got seven minutes except me. <laughs> I got four. <laughs> Uh, and that, that fucked with me. I, uh, I was really mad. Uh, and then I walked up and yeah, that's one of the few times I actually just killed and then walked off and just went home. <laughs> just, I'm done. <laughs> went home. Uh, so that is one, that was really good feeling. I should perform angry more often. Uh, what's your, do you have a top three of like good? memorable gigs uh, i don't know if i have a top three i, I couldn't say my top one yeah actually i can that'll, that'll be uh raw so so okay. raw is one of the top uh you were really good that night i had a really fun time and i i, I that's that now was a club i always thought like, i'm never gonna go yeah. i'm never gonna get a spot at this club and i'll never get a spot at that club again but i got a spot <laughs> that night and i had a really good set so i was yeah. really happy with that so that was really fun yeah i get that should be a good memory. Fuck, you were good. And one, one of the highlights, for, one of the highlights for me, or maybe like the highlight of, of that set was uh, I. So I have a bit about uh, white power. Yeah. So long story short, uh, so I have I have a bit uh, where it involves me getting the audience to scream white power. So I, I do like I, I, I challenge audience to like to like oh like we hate dumb people right and like, all right and then so Rusty I remember the bit myself. <laughs> but I'm getting I'm getting the crowd to shout and then I ask them to scream white power. And no one says anything. No one responds to that, of course. Uh, and then I kind of like convince them and then get them to scream white power after all, uh, which was really fun. It works. Yeah. Usually it works. Yeah. It's, it's a good bit. Doesn't always, but sometimes it really works. But the highlight for me uh, was that like, it was the first time I asked the crowd to scream white power. And you were the only one. I just heard you. I heard I, and Jenny. Yeah. Uh, just scream. An audience of like two hundred people. That was that was that yeah. was fun. That was a uh, highlight. This is so good. I really love that bit. Uh, really love it. So good. Well, speaking of bits, yeah. Uh, so my goal of the podcast is to wrap up each night with each uh, podcast with exchange of war stories because that's one thing I really do miss about hanging out with comics is telling war stories. 
and uh, I thought we'd just go back and forth. And I actually forgot. I didn't prepare one myself. I completely, completely <laughs> forgot. But I was thinking, unless you want to go first. No, go. Okay. Uh, I, I touched, touched on it earlier. I know you've heard part of this before, but uh, the first time I bombed. Yeah. So I'll go back, backtrack a little bit. So it was six months in. Like I, I just got to the point. Uh, I mentioned earlier. I got to the point. Like I made, I can make them laugh. Now I'm just gonna do what I want to do. And I was really making audiences groan and really just hate me because I thought that was fun. That was really yeah. fun for me. And had, of course, I had a Down syndrome punchline bit. Of course, back in those days, everyone needs to go through that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I used to go to uh, Dublin, Ireland, uh, for work. And since I was there, I did a gig. And that night was the audience could vote the funniest person that would be a winner each night. And I went to the club uh, to perform, and uh, two people I worked with came to watch me. And I was did really well. It was a really it was a really fun set. They liked the audience liked me a lot. Uh, but by the end of the set, I just made them despise me. They was like they just really hated me at the end. Uh, Camel Sage, I was kind of like springing my step because I was really happy. I had mission accomplished. And the people I work with, like, just asked me, like, why, why, why would you do that? Like, you were like, you could have won. And I, and I just, I said, I just quote, like, I said, I don't care what they think. The day, like, the day after, I came back to Sweden, and it was a Thursday night, and I was, I was booked to the club in, uh, in Solna, which is like a Stockholm suburb. And my first time with this club, and I had a 15 minute set. It was the longest amount of time I'd ever been given on stage. I was really excited for it. And I invited everyone I knew to come see me. And I think there were at least 10 people I knew uh, actually came that night to watch me. And I went up and, I mean, the audience, they didn't know there was going to be a show that night, so they were totally, completely disinterested. The micro, the sound system was, was <laughs> pure, painful. It was a wireless mic. They got like, if you moved in any direction, you'd get yeah. like massive feedback. I had a table like right, literally like right next to me, full of people who d did not care at all. I was actually bothering them that I was up up there trying to tell jokes. Oh no! There was one table of people that actually were listening and actually were enjoying even my sets for some god known reason. Uh, so I've since learned, like in the future, if I'm in that position again, you gotta focus on the people who actually like you. But just then, all I could do was just focus on how much I was just completely eating shit. It was just my first and ever gone through. And that was a Thursday. It was the first day of a four-day weekend. So I just left after my set. And actually, no, I lie. I left and was just feeling awful in the club. And the next comp went up and also bombed. So I felt a little better. And the next comp went up and also bombed. It's like, okay, well, it's not just me. And then the next comp went up and just turned the whole night around. Yeah. They loved her. Like, she, she read the room. She crowd work. They absolutely adored her. And I thought, okay, this is definitely me. That's just, <laughs> that just, that just awful. And I just went home. I don't think I got out of bed for the rest of the weekend. No. I was just in a dark room and just felt absolutely shit. Have you cried over a bombing? No. That okay. Yeah, I have. Perhaps. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh... All right, my story. Uh, I think I'm. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go with the show we did for uh, Stockholm's municipality. They hired us to put on a show at a town square during the summer outside, 
Do you remember this? Oh yeah, the uh, yeah. Uh, yeah okay, Punk's uh, recording. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We did two shows, I think. Yeah. I wasn't there for the first one, but and, I, and I wasn't there for the second one. Yeah, uh, so. and uh, I got the the honor of hosting, which we've already established. I hate. <laughs> I just loathe hosting because I I'm not good at it. I was okay at it if I got a good start. Uh, if I didn't, I just dug myself a hole and hated everything. So that was my problem with hosting. Uh, I was then it was decided that I should host this outdoor gig, which everyone who does stand up knows that outdoors is just bad. You need darkness and, and in the walls summertime and alcohol. In Sweden, where it's just bright, broad, day, broad daylight. Yeah. Broad daylight. Uh, the sound system we had if you raised your voice even slightly uh the there was an echo against the building that we were facing like the what could have been maybe 75 80 yards away or something so there was a slight delay before the echo came back <laughs> uh and our audience consisted of a tourist family so mom dad and four kids where the oldest was maybe eight uh like four drunks like park bench drunks uh vietnam war wet vet <laughs> drunks uh and the one one guy who just he had ridden by on his bike stopped went back and stood stood in the absolute back of this awful bench setup we had and we were on a stage like a proper stage so we were probably like two meters off the ground and they were right up by the stage on park benches so if you if you wanted to have any sort of eye contact you had to walk to the edge and lean down <laughs> Uh, so front row was an adorable little girl who was maybe three years old. Uh, second row were her brothers and sisters. Third row were the parents who did not speak Swedish. And then the drunks who were fighting and way in the back we had the dude with the bicycle. <laughs> and so I wasn't feeling great when I walked up and I didn't know that we were going to have this echo. And if you've ever done public speaking, dear viewer, you know that hearing yourself on a delay really screws with all <laughs> timings. Uh, and I had to try and pull off this show, uh, which I did not do. It did not go well, uh, and we didn't have we didn't have budget, so we could pay everyone. I think we paid a like the headliner, like a nominal. Fee. I believe I vaguely remember that. Yeah, it was it was not a lot of money, and we we needed to fill like an hour, an hour and a half, uh, with comics who were okay with doing this awful gig <laughs> for no pay. So they were also struggling because y you don't get the top tier. <laughs> <laughs> if it's free outside in the summer uh, and 
even if I even though I warned them that you're gonna hear yourself if you raise your voice even slightly they all did it and they got thrown off timing uh, <laughs> the the family of eight or whatever they were there were so many kids I think they they multiplied before our eyes but by the end there were only kids uh, they left pretty early uh, the drunk uh, the drunks the Vietnam vets uh, they stopped fighting and started screaming at us. And then we had the dude with the bicycle who for some reason stayed the entire show uh, tried to come up with better punchlines for every joke. <laughs> Did he succeed? No. He, he was not a professional comic either, but he wasn't worse than anyone on that <laughs> stage. Uh, so that is probably one of the most painful memories I have. Just period. In stand-up, definitely. In life, yeah. And my dad beat me. <laughs> so yeah, probably a worse one. You should be happy you weren't there. But the first one was okay, wasn't it? It was okay, but it was a similar situation. But yeah. I, I, we didn't have an echo. I don't, don't at least I don't, not that I can remember having yeah. an echo issue. But we did have uh, the audience uh, being. Primarily homeless people, uh, or just the elderly, or just drunk. I actually posted the picture and just said, oh, look, the crowd's going wild. I just barely alive. Oh, and they, the municipality, they had tied our hands as well. We weren't allowed to talk about everything. So we also had to tell these free comics, like, these are the topics you can't talk about. Like it wasn't allowed. I wonder, to... I wonder, I wonder if they reacted to when we were there because we didn't get any kind of like. No, lists. we 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 had we had a list the entire time. It was it was not allowed to be even interpreted as racist. We weren't allowed to talk shit about the municipality, hmm. uh, and uh, not allowed to be like misogynistic. So there were quite reasonable demands, but. If you give those demands to a comic who is willing to do this gig for free outside in the middle of summer, in the middle of the day, it's like telling them you have to do at least <laughs> one joke <laughs> yeah, about right. this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Why did I bring that up? It helps. Yeah. Like you said, you started to miss it. You started to miss stamp a little bit. So, yeah, now, no, now you can think. Uh, of, no, oh, no, I know what. Maybe no more. No yeah. more. <laughs> All right, is, should we wrap it up? Is that it? It was a blast I being so, here. Yeah. I don't know if we have any. At least for me, I don't know if I have any more answers on why I don't miss it as much as I think that I should. But I mean, we'll we'll do a follow up next week because you bought the beer so i'll be here again <laughs> right good uh, <laughs> it's all right. yeah uh, and i mean if people hate me they can't find me i've deleted myself off the internet that's true yeah let me say here's a chance to plug yourself and you can. <laughs> I, I removed myself from like people can't find my phone number or my address <laughs> wipe myself from those two <laughs> nice uh, all, right, all right well eric it was a pleasure thank it you very much it was a pleasure being here thank you ryan Thank you all for listening, and uh, see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.